Over the past couple of decades, enterprise content management has taken on a progression of identities. It first emerged as basically document handling, and from there it evolved into a system that was also home to other forms of content. Now ECM does all of that and manages valuable data as well, and its next role may track with advances coming in artificial intelligence. Here with us today to talk about enterprise content management systems in theory, in practice, and in the future is Josh Spizak, Senior Product Manager for the Nautilus ECM Suite at Fiserv. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Welcome to the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Today's guest is Josh Spizak, Senior Product Manager for the Nautilus Enterprise Content Management Suite at Fiserv. In that role, Josh works to help his clients achieve process efficiency using both technology and innovation. Josh, we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Terry. Glad to be here. So, Josh, enterprise content management has been around for some years, both as an idea and in the form of actual products. Can you walk us through some of the change over time for the ECM industry? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, in my you know twenty years or so in the uh, ECM industry, we've seen it evolve um, from you know a very singular focused uh, document management or DM um, systems, um, evolving into kind of what we would refer to as content management. You know, because the technology grew up, and there was more than just you know documents that we were were storing. We're now storing content. And you know, that evolved eventually then into you know, ECM, which now is reflected in the enterprise nature of that content management. So as, as we look at the industry today, um, you know, it's truly expanded to be enterprise-wide as opposed to that singular focused you know, document management type system. And you know, we're almost actually on the cusp right now of another transformation um, of ECM to include a lot more data concepts. There's been a lot of terms thrown around kind of in the ECM industry, um, AIM has, has, has turned termed it uh, intelligent information management as kind of the, the next evolution of, of ECM. And we, we see that with our customers here at Fiserv as well. Yeah. So you, you mentioned transformation. Josh, how, how does ECM fit into a financial institution's digital transformation journey? That's a very interesting question. You know, digital transformation um, has has traditionally been looked at from the lens of a, a consumer looking in, um, and rightfully so. You know, because perfectly um, put by one of our customers, you know, it's almost like selling a house. You can you can paint the house, you can pretty it up, you can put nice shutters on it clean the windows, trim the hedges. But when you open up the door, the carpet's a mess, the plumbing and electrical are broken. You know, you can pour a lot of money into that front end digital transformation strategies, but that's only one part of it. You know, you also have to commit and invest the back office systems, which are traditionally those ECM systems and core systems on the back end, because even if the front looks great, there still can be huge inefficiencies with those systems on the back end that also actually extend out and affect that front end consumer experience. Now, Fiserv recently did a study on the results that banks and credit unions are getting from their ECM system, and they identified some best practices for top performers. So, Josh, can you give us an overview on these findings and, and perhaps some of the key best practices that you identified? 
Sure. So, you know, one of the best practices that that comes to mind um, is to you know start small. You want to get those 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 quick wins and that's that big success um, and get that adoption. Um, we find that you know if you don't have the adoption um, of a new system coming into an organization, especially something as large as an ECM system, then people get frustrated that adoption goes down and the expansion of that to really realize that ROI really goes down throughout the uh, process of implementing um, the product or even expanding it throughout the organization. So one best practice, again, now start small, get that big win, um, and get that, that momentum going to, to drive the efficiencies later on um, as you expand your digital transformation. So for your top performers, uh, your high performers, how do they benefit in dollar terms compared to institutions that may not be getting as much out of their ECM systems as they can? Well, interestingly, we found that um, overall, our top performers of ECM, you know, across the organization, we see an average uplift of about 25% in productivity. Um, and just a 10% uplift in that productivity equates to $300,000 savings for that institution. So, you know, you think about it, and those, those numbers are really nothing to sneeze at. You know, it's a great savings for institutions. Now, you know, the issue has always been institutions like to see ROIs in revenue generation um, versus, you know, cost savings. Um, when really we think about it, ECM systems are a cost saving uh, type of factor where it's affecting the efficiency ratio of that organization. Um, and obviously, the, the lower the efficiency ratio, the better and more efficient you are as an organization. And, you know, investors and board members really like that. What can you tell us about? specific cases where ECM came in the door of a bank, say in a single department or in a limited role, you've, you've sort of referred to that uh, earlier, you know, it comes in in that limited way and then it later it spreads to other departments and other roles after it's proven its value. Sure. So we really kind of see that happen in, in two forms. We kind of call that that land and expand, right? So the, the first form we kind of see is when institutions will start, that start small, right? And we talked about that before getting that functionality that's not necessarily to a single department. So they just kind of start being an archive, start just, you know, doing the scan store retrieve, we call it. It's the very base fundamentals of an ECM system. And then over the years, you know, grow that functionality, start including things like workflow and case management, really getting them to that top performer level. We've also seen um, where institutions start with, you know, a greater functionality, but singular focused in one area because we're solving a critical problem, but with base functionality throughout the rest of the organization, which does get them that win, right? It increases the chances of that easy adoption and expansion um, of the ECM system. So it's really either starting small with very basic or starting large, sorry, across the organization with very basic usage or starting uh, greater functionality in one area. You know, in terms of Six Sigma, you know, one of the biggest roadblocks to projects is the resistance to change or fear of measurement and job elimination. So when you think about it with, with ECM, and we start uh, going through all of these process um, organizations and process and digitization, a lot of things are going into that measurement and, and the, the, the elimination of manual processes throughout the organization. So you say you want to make ECM more powerful from the institutional perspective, you know, from the business perspective, but at the same time, keep it simple and intuitive for the user. I mean, it sounds like there's some maybe some tension there. How do, how do you reconcile those two, um, those two goals? So one of the, the biggest challenges for, for ECM is seeing it for what it really can be uh, now, meaning, you know, the history of the ECM, as we talked earlier, has grown up from just a scan store retrieve to now being a very uh, high functional workflow case management tool across the organization. 
and it's traditionally been seen as as a commodity, right? So it's just simply storage and retrieval, um, and and because it's been seen as a, as a commodity, it hasn't been a system that people would look at and say, you know, that can handle business process automation or that can help me with my digital transformation. And so it makes sense, though, from an ECM perspective to do those processes within that system because that's where the content lives, right? And all of the business processes usually revolve around content, whether that's a document or it's metadata, it's usually revolved around uh, content, capturing content, organizing it and, and moving it along. So it makes sense to do those things in that system. And a lot of times we see that, that you know, because of the historical references of what it used to be, people aren't aware of what it can be. So Josh, we're in 2020 now. Imagine that you have perfect vision into the future. Where do you see banking and ECM, say, over the next year? Well, we at Fiserv here see ECM um, in, in the next year or so really starting to play into the data sharing and data analysis world. You know, I kind of referenced it from the previous question where the ECM systems of today are capturing a lot of data and not just documents, we're capturing a lot of data. So it makes sense that the analysis would start being put into where my content lives um, in my organization. So I would, would start analyzing the data that exists in the content and also start sharing that data that exists in the ECM system. So it's a natural progression um, to, to extend those sharing capabilities uh, from where the content lives as opposed to creating a separate system and separate content store. So, you know, I really see in the next year or so here, more efforts being put into now that we've got the data, the content, the processes in one system, let's start analyzing it more and let's start sharing it more. So now imagine that you get to keep that perfect vision for even longer. So let's look further out in time, say, call it the next five or 10 years uh, as adoption likely increases and technology further involves. Where do you what do you see uh, out there? Well, so going further out, you know, I see things that um, are really buzzwords today really taking foothold, right? So the buzzwords of today, the, the artificial intelligence and machine learning and RPA, um, and even things like blockchain becoming really integral parts of ECM systems. Specifically, um, I, I see, you know, great need in the blockchain area. Um, if you think about it, you know, blockchain really is a ledger system, right? It's all about the proof of that ledger. And what is a ledger? A ledger is content. So it's a natural progression for that to start coming into the realm of the ECM world, along with that machine learning and AI for decisioning, um, and even RPA to, to help offload, you know, human work into robotic type work. Uh, but blockchain, I think, really is, is a, a strong area for the ECM world. From financial services world, obviously, it's just a matter of security and adoption uh, throughout the banks and financial institutions to adopt that type of brand new technology. Yeah. So, Josh, that's all the questions from our end. Thanks for sharing your insights on ECM with us today. Thanks, Terry. Had a great time. That was Josh Spizak from Fiserv. He's an expert in the world of enterprise content management and how to help financial services firms work more efficiently. Three key takeaways from today's podcast with Josh Spizak. Number one, in the minds of many, enterprise content management is a basic back office system meant for scanning, storing, and retrieving documents. Such thinking is years outdated. ECM has steadily evolved, and now it has the versatility to be a powerful workflow tool for use across an entire organization. One of ECM's core strengths connects back to its origins. It's where the content is kept. For financial firms nowadays, a big part of the valuable content on hand is data. And not only does ECM store that data, it can also efficiently analyze and share it. Second, a common approach in implementing ECM is to start small. 
what's often referred to as land and expand. This means using it first in a specific area of the business or putting it to work solving an important business issue. The thinking is to let it gradually prove its worth by notching some quick wins. That can create the momentum that makes wider adoption more likely. And finally, one of the headwinds facing ECM is that it doesn't make its present felt on the revenue side of the ledger. It doesn't directly drive sales. But last we checked, operating costs still figure into the P&L's bottom line, and businesses still place high value on greater operating efficiency. According to Fiserv's research, an ECM system boosts productivity by 25% on average. That's $750,000 in savings in that same average case. As our guest Josh Spizak put it, certainly nothing to sneeze at. Thanks for joining us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor of BAI. See you next time.